Hello, everyone, and welcome back to the Level Up Your Life podcast. My name is Nicole, and this podcast is all about health, habits, and mindset. In today's episode, I'm going to be talking about what I know for sure about nutrition and exercise. So I'm going to be giving you five tips, five five things that I know for sure that are true and that we can sort of all agree upon. The problem with the health and fitness industry is that there is a lot of different evidence out there. So you can have you can have an opinion on something and you can basically find evidence to support that opinion. And the problem with that is that everybody's different. Everybody's bodies are different. Everybody's genetics are different. Um, everybody's life circumstances are different. So different things will work for different people. But we tend to get really focused on, well, this thing worked for me. So this must be the only thing that will work. This is the truth. This is the, the thing. And that's not always true. So what will work for me might not work for you. What worked for you might not work for somebody else. Um, so these are the things, though, that mostly we can all agree upon that are true, that there is evidence to support um, and will work for pretty much everybody. Okay, so let's dive in. The first thing that I know for sure is that all diets work, but not all diets are for everyone. So like I just said, that if you try something and it works for you, then that's great, keep doing it, but that that thing might not work for somebody else. Somebody else might have tried it and it just, it didn't work for them, it didn't work for their lifestyle, for their genetics, for their health background, for whatever reason, it did not work for them. Um, So that doesn't mean that that's a bad diet because for somebody else, it will work. So for example, there might be somebody that you know that swears by the keto diet. That's the best thing for them. That's what helped them lose weight. That's what helped them get healthy. They have better energy, whatever it is. Keto works for them. Um, And maybe you try it because it worked so well for your friend, but you find that you're tired, you're hungry all the time, you're cranky. um, And it just wasn't what you thought it would be. And it just didn't work the way that it had worked for your friend. And that's okay. That just means that Um, You're not doing it wrong. It's not that there's something wrong with you. It's just that that for you isn't what you need to be doing. So maybe you are somebody who does better on a higher carb diet. So really what it's going to come down to is trying a few different things and figuring out what does work for you. Um, If you're somebody who can't give up meat, but you're trying to do a vegan diet, then, you know, that's not going to work for you. If you... um, let's say you have some moral issues or environmental issues against eating meat, then yeah, go ahead and go for a vegan diet and see how it works for you. There is no right or wrong answer, even though there will be people on the internet who convince you that this is the way, this is the best way, this is, everybody should be doing it. There there is no right or wrong way. It's just going to be find something that works for you and stick with that. The other part of this that we can all sort of agree upon is that We need to have a variety of foods and we need to have foods in their most natural form. So you can eat a really healthy vegan diet or you can have a very unhealthy vegan diet. So it depends on what sort of foods you're actually eating. Um, And the one thing that we can all agree upon is that foods in their most natural form are going to be better than eating processed foods or fake foods. So what does that mean? If you can't figure out what some of the ingredients are on a label, then it's not in its most natural form. There's been some added things, there's been some chemicals or artificial flavorings, whatever been added to it. Aim to eat things that if you were out in nature and you saw it, you would be able to identify it and go, yep, that's a food, I can eat that. 
There are so many packaged foods now that you might say are would be good for you, but when you actually read the label and you look at it, you'll see that there's added sugars, there's added artificial colors and flavorings, there's added um, vegetable oils. All of these different things that are not good for you will trigger inflammation throughout your body and is a precursor for a lot of different diseases. So read the boxes, read the labels. In general, if you can stay away from boxes and labels, then you'll be better off. But um, when you're eating foods that aren't a natural whole food, just read the ingredients and see, do all of these ingredients exist in nature? Are these real things? And what I mean by the most natural form is, has this thing been processed in some way that it no longer has the chemical structure or the same nutrients, um, macros or micronutrients in it that you would find in nature. So for example, olive oil. Olive oil has been processed, it's been changed, it's been pressed and squeezed from the olives to make olive oil, but it's still a natural thing. There hasn't been anything else added to it. It hasn't been changed in a way that would make it unhealthy. The other thing that I mentioned with this is that we need a variety of foods. So I've, I found in my experience that some bodybuilders in particular, or around the, the whole weightlifting um, culture that we tend to eat the same things over and over again. So you might eat brown rice, broccoli, and chicken for every single meal. And yes, while that will help you lose weight and get fit, um, it's not necessarily the best thing for health long-term. And that's what this podcast is all about. This is what I'm all about helping people with is improving their health, not just improving your body composition, not just, um, changing the way that you look or losing weight. It's improving your health so that you can live longer. So when we eat the same foods over and over again, we're not getting the variety of um, macronutrients, micronutrients, um, vitamins and minerals, all of these different things. We're missing out on certain things if we just focus on eating the same four or five foods or whatever. So the more variety of foods that you can eat, the more, um, the more variety of gut bacteria that you can have. So we have good gut, gut bacteria and bad gut bacteria. The more variety of foods we can eat, the more diverse our gut microbiome can be, which will actually make us healthier in the long run. Um, then you can also make sure that you're eating a variety of foods to make sure you get a variety of vitamins and minerals and macronutrients, micronutrients, all of that good stuff. So don't limit yourself to eating just a few th meals over and over again. Try and get a variety of foods in. I know that this is hard, especially when you are trying to lose weight. You just want to focus on eating the same things over and over again because it's easier. But the more that you can incorporate, incorporate variety into your diet, the better off you will be. Okay, so that was tip number one. Um, all diets work, but not all diets work for everybody. The second thing that I wanna talk about is that you need to be lifting weights, but you also need to be doing some sort of cardio. So we can all agree that cardio is good for you and lifting weights is good for you, but we tend to fall into one camp or the other where we'll have people who are diehard runners that never lift a weight, or we have people who only go to the gym and only lift weights but never do any cardio. So we can agree as a general population that we need both. You need to increase your heart rate enough that you are challenging your heart to grow and to make it stronger. So if you're never challenging yourself both through your cardiovascular endurance and your muscle strength, then you're never going to actually improve your body. So an analogy that I really like for this is if you think about a tree that has been grown where it's pretty sheltered so that it never really gets any wind, anything that 
challenges it or pushes it, it can be pretty easily knocked down when a storm comes. But if we have a tree that's been um, more open, so it's, it's not surrounded by other trees and it's constantly getting pushed around by gusts of wind, then it's going to adapt by developing deeper roots. So the same thing for our body. If we never push our body, if we never challenge ourselves, then our body can't adapt and grow and get better and stronger. So with cardiovascular endurance, um, lifting weights can kind of help with that a little bit, especially if you're lifting higher rep ranges. But if you're not ever breaking a sweat or getting out of breath or getting your heart rate elevated, you're not going to help your heart get stronger and get better. (laughs) So we need to have cardiovascular fitness and we also need to have strength. So again, with weights, we sometimes have people who just like to run and they don't like to lift weights at all. I, as a physiotherapist, have worked with adults who are elderly. So they're in their, even from 50s, 60s, 70s, 80s, 90s, whatever, um, that they will have a fall and from there things get really bad. So once you have a fall as an elderly adult, um, your life expectancy goes down because you it's harder for you to recover. But if you build up muscle strength, when you're younger and you continue that throughout your lifetime, you're going to be stronger so that you will be less likely to fall. You'll have stronger muscle mass so that you can balance better. You can climb a flight of stairs without getting exhausted. You can lift your groceries. You can get up off of the floor. You can do all of these things that that we sort of take for granted when we're younger because we are strong. But if you're not continuing to develop that strength over time, by the time you get to your 60s, 70s, 80s, um, and you haven't been focusing on that muscle mass, you're going to atrophy your muscles. So your muscles are going to shrink and you're not going to be able to be very healthy. You're not going to be able to lift a box down from the closet and, you know, pull out your blankets or whatever. Life just becomes so much harder, the weaker that you are. So you don't need to be going to the gym and bodybuilding and have Arnold Schwarzenegger type muscles, but you do need to maintain your muscle mass. It's a use it or lose it principle. If you don't use your muscles, you will lose it. So we might repeat the same sort of activities throughout our life, but if you're not constantly maintaining that, then you're going to lose it. So for example, if you're constantly getting your husband to bring your groceries in from the car, if you're not using your muscles in doing that, then there might be one day when he's not around and you find that it's really hard for you to be able to do that. And it will sneak up on you. There will just be one day where you go, oh, actually, I can't do the things that I used to do. So the more that you can maintain both muscle mass and cardiovascular endurance, the better off you will be. In addition to that, as a physio, I would say that you need to be working on other things like your balance. But um, just for the sake of this podcast being about what I know for sure and what you need to work on in general, what we can all agree on, muscle mass and cardiovascular endurance. It's not either or, it's focus on both. Okay, thing number three. Thing number three that I know for sure Our brains are programmed to keep us safe. So that means that our brains want to avoid pain and seek out pleasure. And this might not seem like it's important for health and fitness in general, but it is huge. The reason that we often struggle to get ourselves to go to the gym is because our brains are wired to avoid pain and it's painful for us to go to the gym. It's hard work. It's difficult. We don't want to do it. (laughs) There's easier things for us to do. So we avoid the pain. We seek the pleasure. We sit on the couch drink the alcohol, have the chips, because it's easier. And 
back in you know our caveman days, that was good for us. We needed to um, avoid the tiger and we needed to seek out the fruit and the berries. We needed to keep ourselves safe and our brains did a really good job at that. But now that we are in modern times, the things that are good for us tend to be hard and the things that are bad for us are easy. So it's reversed from what we are used to. Um, and our brain hasn't really caught up to that fact. So we have this tug of war almost happening in our brains where we know that we need to go to the gym and eat healthy. And we know that we need to um, get off the couch and do these things. And we know that eating the chips is bad for us and sitting on the couch and watching TV and all of that is bad for us. So we know we can see the pain and the pleasure. But we struggle to actually go against what our brain is telling us by seeking the pain and avoiding the pleasure. And I think that by simply being aware of this, um, it makes it easier. So you can tell your brain, you can tell yourself when your brain says, I don't want to go to the gym. It, you can tell yourself, oh, it's just my primitive brain. It's just trying to keep me safe. Thank you, brain, for keeping me safe. But I need to go and do the thing that will be better for me in the long run. Okay, so that was number three. Our brains are programmed to keep us safe. Number four is that we all have programmed beliefs. So again, might not seem like this relates to health and fitness, but it definitely does. Um, so when we are growing up, we have people in our lives. We have our parents, we have society, we have teachers, we have our peers that all try and tell us different things, different beliefs. And when we're young, we're sponges. We just soak up all of these beliefs. This is how we learn. We soak it up from other people and we take that as, as truth. But as we get older, we might find that some of the beliefs that we were programmed with when we were, grow when we were growing up, they no longer serve you. So if they no longer serve you, then you need to change them. So you might have a belief growing up that you need to go to university and get a good job. And that's a pretty common societal norm, a uh, programmed belief that society has given to us. And for some people, like myself, going to university and getting a professional degree was what I needed to do. But for other people, if you don't want a professional degree, if you want to be a painter or an artist or a filmmaker or do something that doesn't need a degree, then going against that norm is serving you. It doesn't serve you to go to university if you're not ever going to use that degree. So when we are trying to change those beliefs, it's going to feel hard and it's going to feel difficult that we have these beliefs about certain things and we want to go against them, but that's hard. But you need to ask yourself, is, is this belief serving me? So maybe to put this in a health and, per health and fitness perspective, maybe you grew up in a family where you were runners and you grew up with the belief that running was the best thing for you. Running is how you stay healthy. And you never ever stepped foot in a gym, you never lifted a weight, never did any of those things. But as you get older and you learn more, maybe from listening to this podcast, you realize that lifting weights is actually beneficial for you. So you need to go against that belief. But it's going to feel really hard and difficult and awkward and uncomfortable to go against that. So the first time you step into a gym, it's going to feel like this foreign land and everything will feel weird and wrong. But um, you can change that belief, you can challenge it because it is no longer serving you to just say, running is the best thing for me. Okay, so that was number four of things I think that we can all agree upon is that we have programmed beliefs when we are growing up and 
when we get older, they might not know, they might no longer serve us and we need to then change them and challenge them if that is the case. Okay, so fifth and final thing is that genetics are not the be all and end all. So I often hear from people that they'll say, okay, well, my grandmother had diabetes and my mother had diabetes, so I'm probably going to get diabetes. Like it just becomes this thing where everybody says it's hereditary, so that means I must get it. Or, you know, I'm, I'm doomed to have this thing. Um, you know, if you had a line of people in your family that had cancer, that means that you're going to get cancer. And that's not, that's not necessarily the case. So there is a field of study called epigenetics. And basically what this means is that you have a genetic predisposition but epigenetics says that they ha we have signaling from the environment and from our lifestyles that turn on and off certain things in our, in our bodies. So if you think about it like light switches. So let's say that you might be predisposed to having diabetes. You have a family history of diabetes. So in your DNA, you have a light switch for diabetes. But that doesn't mean that that light switch is going to turn on. It depends on what you do with your life. So all of these different controllable factors. If you pick out on junk food all of the time and do all of these different risk factors that contribute to turning on that light switch, it can flick on. But if we eat healthy and we live a healthy lifestyle, then that light switch can stay turned off. It doesn't mean that you are fated to have that light switch turned on, if that makes sense. The basic idea of this is just because you have a family history of something doesn't mean that you will end up having the same fate as your family members. It just means that, yes, there is something in your DNA that means it's more likely that you'll get it, but you can choose to live a healthier lifestyle. You can choose to change certain factors that will make you less likely to have that light switch turn on. Okay, so that was the fifth and final thing, just to summarize everything here. So these are what I know for sure about nutrition and exercise, what we can sort of generally agree upon as a health and fitness community, as a general population, is that all diets work, but not all diets work for everybody. You need to lift weights and you need to do some sort of cardio. You should be doing both, not just one or the other. Our brains have been programmed to keep us safe. And that means that we avoid pain and we seek out pleasure. We are programmed from a young age to have certain beliefs, but those beliefs can be changed and we can challenge them if they're no longer serving us. And our genetics are not the be all end all. There are things that we can do to prevent diseases from happening. Okay, so I'm gonna end this podcast here. Thanks so much for listening, guys. If you like this episode, make sure to follow or subscribe wherever you get your podcasts and share it with a friend. Thanks so much for listening and I will talk to you in the next one. Bye.